Hey, Spotlighters, Mike Cam here, the coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We have a great guest that I know is going to absolutely blow you away. If you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button and leave us a review. And remember, when it's time for you to purchase title insurance, there's only one guy you should be calling, and that's me. Check the show notes for my email address. And let's get this train rolling and start the show right now. Welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you, as always, from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today is a U.S. Navy veteran who is currently a construction safety professional. He's also an avid podcaster and live stream host and has been podcasting since 2019 and started live streaming in 2020. With his newfound love of podcasting and community building, he has managed to help new podcasters out by way of Clubhouse and is one-third of the Real Talk podcasting crew. He is Pedro Maciel. Pedro, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Appreciate you having me, brother. Not much, man. It's it's so good. We were just saying that right before we, we logged on here. So like we've known each other probably since January. I think that's when we like first got into a clubhouse room together. Um, and it's finally good to actually like have a face-to-face conversation rather than just talking to the little Pedro bubble. <laughs> icon, yeah. yeah. Pedro icon, yeah. Right. I'm very familiar with the icon, as I'm sure you are familiar with my icon, but it's just better, you know, because now I can actually see your face, see how you operate, all that kind of stuff. So I'm pumped because we're going to cover a lot of stuff today. Um you know, from podcasting to the construction side, to the safety side. The first thing though, I do want to talk about is I've heard you talk about it before. I know you're a U.S. Navy veteran, which is one of the things that I had mentioned in your bio. I guess first question out of the gate is why would someone want to be in a submarine sent to basically like the bottom of the ocean? Like how, I mean, that would freak me out, dude. Like I, I would not be able to handle that. So like how, how did that happen? Oh man. Well, it's crazy because I, I seen the um, the commercials before I went into the military, all the propaganda that was going on. You know, this is, you know, again, post 9-11 uh, that happened in 01. I went left in 02. Um, and I just seen the, the emergency blow of the submarine come on uh, TV. And I was like, man, that seems pretty cool. But really the reality of the reason why I didn't go surface or anything other than submarine, uh, one, I'm, you know, partially colorblind. And then, um, two, I didn't score that high on my ASVAB. I think I ended up getting like, a, I think it was like a, a 48 or something. Uh, and it, it I mean, it, it is what it is, but I, I enjoyed it. Crazy, crazy time on a submarine. Um, you got to kind of be a little crazy to go on a, on a ship and right. actually a ship that sinks on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, you know, it was, it was definitely a good experience. Um, and I advise anybody that would like to go to submarines, you do go through some rigorous training, uh, to get onto a submarine. Um, but once you're there, the camaraderie, uh, the environment, it's very, very, um, cool. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, listen, it seems cool. And obviously like as a veteran, thank you for the service. Um, the only things that I know about 
submarines though or like i watched the movie down periscope and like that's the extent of my knowledge of submarine interactions but um what was like your job on the did you like how does i i don't know what the jobs are so like what was your job so in port when we were you know on the on the dock uh not moving anywhere uh i was what they called a yeoman uh i i I was administrative. Uh, I dealt with all the, all the service records, uh, kept up with all the, uh, documentation for every sailor that was on the ship, uh, worked hand in hand with the, with the XO of the ship and, you know, just making sure all the, all the documentation admin was up to par record keeping. Uh, so when we were out to sea, what I would end up doing, I would end up driving a boat. Um, and, you know, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, it was pretty awesome to put that on my resume that I, you know, can drive a billion dollar submarine. Yeah, right. you know? yeah. Like what, what can't you drive at that point? Like what, what, what is the thing that you can't drive like a spaceship maybe? And that's pretty much it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it, it was, um, you, you, you go and you do different jobs. Um, you know, when you first get there, you're labeled as a, a nub, uh, or a non-useless body. Cause you, you're not qualified to do anything right. besides, you know, go wake people up and shadow, you know, the, the people that you'll be working around. And then, then you get taught how to drive the boat and, and what to do and you get qualified and then you become a, a useless body, uh, uh, not, not a useless body. You become a useful body <laughs> right. on the right. ship. Yeah. So, Gotcha. All right. So then, um, how long were you doing that? How long are you like on maybe like total career time with the Navy was how long? Uh, six years, six years. And so like in that time you were always a sub guy. Uh, yes. Uh, from the time that I got in, I did my boot camp at uh, Chicago, Illinois. And then, uh, right after that, I ended up, um, doing my job, that I had to get taught my job um, in Meridian, Mississippi, about 13 weeks. And then I went to basic enlistment, enlistment submarine school uh, to learn how to be on a submarine, go through all of that rigorous training. Yeah. And then I finally got to my, my boat. And after that, I was on the boat until I got out. How does, um, and this is just out of curiosity. I don't know why I'm so like, I'm so into this sub story. Um, so uh, like when you're underwater, how long, because obviously the whole point of a submarine is to be underwater so you can't really be detected. It's like, you know, whatever. Um, so how long would you spend underwater at a time? Like what's like the max? Uh, I was on a fast attack. So, uh, it, I mean, it, it depends uh, what the mission is. Uh, longest that stint that I was ever underwater was possibly three months uh, without actually surfacing. Yeah. So that was... Uh, that was pretty interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, that is cool. And like at any point, like during that time, I mean, I know you're going through all the training and stuff like that, but I think that just kind of goes back to my initial question about this whole submarine thing. Does like, do people go like stir crazy in those things after that long being underwater and with the same people? Some people do. Uh, it's, it's really, um, interesting when you, when you think that you're going on a, on a ship and, and, the cartoons and some of the movies portray it like there's windows on there and you can actually see out into the sea. Yeah. Right. See a fish. Yeah. No, no, no fish. Uh, you, you're on a, an actual ship that sinks on purpose. Um, so you got, definitely have to have your screws on pretty tight. Um, sometimes you got to let them loose, but 
there is people that do go stir crazy that, you know, there was a couple of individuals on the, on the boat that just got there and couldn't hack it. So they had to get off. Yeah. You just like jettison them out into the ocean. Then they float to the top, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right out the torpedo tube, just right out into the water and then, you know, float them up. But, yeah. um, all right. So then at what point, um, you know, you go through the six year Navy career, then you go into construction. Um, was there, you know, a reason why I'm, I, I know you're a Texas guy, right? You're, you're originally yeah. from Texas. Firstly, born and raised. Okay. And then, uh, you know, so you moved back to Texas, I guess, after your, uh, Navy career. Yeah. So I, I got out and, uh, I got one job that ended up being an, an administrative kind of what I was doing in the military med- medical records clerk, uh, you know, did that for, it was about a year and I did not like it, did not like being an admin in the civilian world in the, in the military world. Um, I, I could do that. It was, you know, very structured and I can do it in the civilian world. I just, it was not my cup of tea. So I was like, man, so before I got into safety, I actually became a laborer working in the refineries down in Texas. Um, and then somebody gave me a shot to say, hey, I need you to be the safety coordinator for this one big turnaround uh, at this refinery. And I was like, cool, not a problem. I see the other safety guys um, being able to uh, walk around, eat donuts, drink coffee, you know. I like that job. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. But uh, but then diving into it and actually asking them, asking them the questions, um, interacting with them, and actually picking their brain on why they do what they do, I really got interested and in, you know kind of honed in. And I've been doing it for what eleven years now. Total yeah, now. right. So. Okay, so then take me through like like what does a safety guy do? Like what what does your day to day operation look like? Uh, so first thing we get to the job site and I, I'm mainly in construction. So you get to the job site, uh, you assess what's going on for that day. You look at all the different trades that are out there. Um, you know, you have plumbers, you got electricians, you got your carpenters, you have, uh, you know, your concrete civil workers, you have your, uh, structural, uh, engineers and your iron workers that are hanging that structural steel. Uh, you know, you have various, um, trades you got to get them all together get them all on the same page thinking about safety give a nice safety talk hey this is what you know we need to focus on today let's make sure our areas are cleaned up and then throughout the day i'm just walking through uh all their job areas seeing what they're doing what tasks they're doing what kind of hazards are out there uh so that way i can help prevent somebody from getting hurt right yeah. And then, so when you're on these construction sites, right. Or these job sites, whatever, um, is this like more of a consulting type thing or do you work for a company and then go to their construction site jobs? Uh, I I've done both. Okay. I've actually worked for companies and, uh, go to their job sites where they, you know, where the company's at and be this, you know, the safety guy there. Like right now I'm, I'm you know, 1099 consulting and I'm on a, project here in, in the DC area, uh, for, uh, a big construction company. And again, site safety manager, um, you know, doing the day to day, making sure every, everybody's safe, doing all their documentation and, um, you know, it varies. Right. And then what's like the scope of the size of some of these projects? Uh, are they big, small, somewhere in between? Uh, the big array, you get the whole spectrum from, you know, small jobs, a little, you know, one month, two month turnarounds, uh, type, 
you know, installations uh, to, you know, I like the longer projects that are, you know, maybe an, a year, two year projects uh, just because you, you, you see so much. And I like the construction because you see from the ground up, you start with your earthwork all the way to finish building. And then you get to turn it over to the customer and can say, damn, I worked on that. Yeah. Right. And then like, what's, what's, um, I mean, I know, I, I know you, I said before, I, I've known you since January. So I know that a lot of times you're on the road. You just said you're that you're in DC. I just said before that you're a Texas guy. Um, so like how, I mean, do like this job that you're doing in DC right now, are you there for the duration of that job or is it more something where it's like, you're there for X amount of time then maybe you go back or maybe somebody else goes, or is it something where like you're, if that's a year project, I mean, I, I would imagine not, but maybe you're there for that entire year. I am here for the duration. And then I get to, you know, take trips home. Cause yeah. again, you, you, you being a road warrior and I've learned before I wasn't, I, I, I wouldn't go home. I'd work all the way straight through, yeah. Um, but it takes a toll on, on me mentally, uh, it takes a toll on, on the family, you know, I've got a wife and kids at home. So, uh, every chance I get, I try to get back. So luckily with this job, not working any weekends. Uh, so some weekends I'll be here. Um, and then some weekends I'll, I'll fly back to Houston. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause that's gotta be tough. Right. So you just said, I mean, you have a family, I know you have four daughters, right? Four daughters, four daughters. You know? yes, sir. And so like, I mean, that's gotta be hard to be on the road that much, be away from them, you know? So like, uh, what's that experience? Like, was there a moment where you were just like, Hey, like I need to scale. I mean, I know you just mentioned it, but scale back on like the total time that I'm spending at these job sites and go be a dad, you know, and like spend time with them as they're all growing up. Yeah, no, there were, there was a, you know, a, a big, big chunk of, uh, life that I was not there. Cause I was always on the road. Uh, but then there was that, man, I'm missing out. I want to coach them on, on their sports that they're, you know, wanting to do. Uh, so I found an in-town job, um, still doing safety, but you know, in town, which gave me that flexibility to, you know, coach my, my daughter's softball, uh, teams. Um, and, and you know, she ended up going, uh, select. So that, that was really cool. We did yeah. a lot of travel ball there, uh, and then ended up moving cross country, uh, with the family for another opportunity in Virginia, which was cool. Uh, you know, and I was home every night, you know, we helped the kids with, the with their homework, uh, again, still doing all the sports. My daughter's got into soccer and, uh, basketball. So it was, a, it was really cool to not actually travel, but be able to be home more. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that would be better. I mean, I know it's probably like the, the actual travel, it probably takes its toll anyway, because, you know, to get on, I mean, I, not that I'm scared of flying and stuff like that. I just like hate it. Like I just like hate the process of going and going through security and all that crap. Um, but, you know, I imagine that it's just better, more fulfilling because then you could actually spend some time with, you know, your kids and, and do all those things that you were just mentioning. So at what point in this process, I guess, do you decide that you're going to be like the safety guy, you know, and like start this podcast live stream kind of conglomerate basically that you've built um, as that guy. Uh, when, when does that become like a bug in your brain over the course of this career? Yeah. So it, it you know, it, it started back in, in, 
think it was about 2017, I started listening to podcasts. Um, there was a couple of safety podcasts that were out there. Uh, I started to look into being a safety consultant. Uh, so I was listening to to one um, podcast actually called the Safety Consultant Blueprint um, that was out there and then started listening to the, uh, the Jay Allen show, um, part of the Safety FM network, and just listening to what they were putting out there. And I was like, man, I think I can probably do this you know why not why not you know and then i started to think what my target audience was going to be me being in construction helping newer safety guys and gals um you know give them the insight that sometimes they don't get when they hit the field uh but also i wanted to give an avenue to safety not safety construction workers uh the the workers that are out there the superintendents the foremen the the actual hands-on employees um you know to have them understand that safety isn't all about you know hey put your glasses on or hey you know wear the right gloves there's other stuff that goes into it you know understanding what the regulations are there for uh, the mental health aspect of why you need to take breaks and not go out drinking like you would on a construction site, you know, on a Friday night, knowing you have to come into work Saturday. Yeah, right. But um, that's where it, it started. And then I, I just picked up Podbean on my phone and <laughs> did a couple of episodes uh, on there. And it was called the Safety Guy Rundown. Uh, totally, you know, crap audio inside the work truck, you know, uh, as it was just crap. So I did about three episodes. Those are legacy episodes. They're archived. They are not going to be released ever. Again. The dark episodes, the dark episodes. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and this was back in, in, you know, 20, 2018, uh, coming into to 2019. Um, you know, I kind of dove in a little bit more, uh, understanding how it went. And then 2020, I just hit it. You know, the pandemic hit the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to revamp. I'm going to, you know, rebrand everything. And I called it the X factor safety because everybody has an X factor. Everybody has a different view on life. Uh, and I try to incorporate that. Even if you're not in the safety space, you have your own uniqueness about you. And that's what I like to bring out in those, you know, in the conversations that I have. Yeah. And that's what I think is so cool about the show is that it's like your niche, niche, whatever you want to say in the fact that like it's construction focused and safety focused. Right. But then also it's broader than that because you actually like connect with people. And that that's one of the things that I like people like you are the types of people that I love having on the show because it connects to the real estate audience in a certain way, because obviously I have, I've had construction people on the show before. Um, I have people that are in construction that listen. So boom, there's a connection, but I've had other people on the show too, that are maybe they're in cost segregation. Maybe they're in claims, adjusting title insurance. I mean, those are things that are like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like who cares about those really niche little things? Um, but then, you know, you realize that they're important. They're like a cog in the wheel of this whole, you know, business. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have people like that. I mean, the people that I just mentioned have their own shows. You have your own show. So do I, obviously you're on it. Um, and I think that in those aspects, you get to get like a really cool perspective because you have somebody that's able to articulate what it is that they do 
in a fashion, but again, combining the two things that I enjoy, which are podcasting and my title insurance job, you know, and then like use those to kind of like help people and educate and, and do all those things. So I just think it's really cool personally. Yeah, no. And, and you know, to, to that merging all of those, all of those facets, you know, I, I'm a safety professional in the construction field, but understanding the emotional EQ that goes behind being a safety professional or being just a worker in general. Um, you know, the working in an office setting, you know, you have to think about active shooter type stuff, uh, ergonomics, you know, sitting at your desk, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the body tells you that you have to stand up because you're starting to get lower lumbar, you know, pains. And that's where, you know, the ergonomics comes into play and, and it, it transitions not only to the construction field, you know, yeah, I'm worried about the guys picking up a hundred pound, you know, pallets or wood or steel or whatnot, but also on inside an office setting, you also have to worry about that picking, picking up boxes of paper, uh, you know, playing around on the rolly chairs, the desk chairs. <laughs> like I do every day in my home office. Yeah, exactly. You see, you see the memes and, 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 you know, me in here in this damn hotel, like you, you see the memes, but, it's real. And people think, you know, I try to bring safety into a new light because again, safety, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to listen to it. I've always done it that way. Uh, I don't need safety, but when you make it more about the person and, 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 you know, individualize the person, humanize the person, then they understand why safety is so important, why they have to go home safe. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're weaving this together beautifully right so you just talk about the the, the people right yeah. and i don't care what anybody says the first person on clubhouse that i saw start to like really build a community was pedro so i i don't care you could anybody else that's listening that is on clubhouse that wants to give me any other name you're wrong you're wrong. That's it. That's the, that's what I'm going to say. I'm putting it out there. It's in the universe. It's true. Um, because that was like, I think your one of your rooms that you started early on was like one of the first rooms that I attended as a new clubhouse guy. And then I was like, Oh, I can run my own room. So now I do. Um, but like, so take me through like the community aspect from, you know, doing this show and then how that kind of transitioned when you got onto clubhouse, being able to build a, start to build a community there, or at least have like the ideas that you were going to start to build a community. Maybe you didn't know that it was going to become what it did become, but at least like maybe those best practices on how to like connect people and bring people together. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was interesting when I got on, on there and, um, you know, I, I was thinking that there was going to be more safety professionals on there. Um, but, people of all walks of life. And I, I didn't go into it thinking I was going to build a community, but I seen a need for it because again, we, you know, just like on a construction site, I'm all about culture building and community building because we have to work together in order for one, the job to finish two, everybody to go home safe three at the end of the job, we move on to the next job. So that community then, you know, again, over the span of my career, I've seen a lot of supervisors that go to project managers. Uh, you know, some of the lower level guys that have gone to starting your own businesses and I've worked with them. So, um, being on clubhouse, it really has, you know, become a community building activity, uh, to where, you know, I, I just started a room one, one Sunday morning and, 
uh it was you know it lasted for like eight hours i was like holy crap you know yeah. how, I, how is it gonna i think i was in there for like three of them and i was like oh my god like i need to go watch football now so yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and, and it was crazy because you know we i started i just started the room with pod, podcasting morning chat or, or, or what i think it was like morning podcasts coffee chat or something along those lines something having to do with coffee and you know i started it it was like seven in the morning didn't have to go to work that weekend that sunday and you know lo and behold eight hours later i didn't think i was going to be on there for eight hours but it was uh it was cool and i i met some people and then we started you know kind of honing in on how are we going to grow this community and then i met roman and tanner and uh you know we we had the same ideology on not giving the podcast community misinformation or lots of smoke and mirrors, but actual real tactical knowledge that they could use that, you know, new podcasters and even veteran podcasters could use uh, through our trials and tribulations. So that's why we matched well. And then, you know, when, when you were doing the, started your rooms, I, I would come in there and, yeah. you know, you and Frederick and now, you know, you and the, the crew that you have uh, of, of moderators and, you know, again, great rooms, great community building. And it's awesome. Yeah. Do you, um, so this is just a question as you were talking and talking about like from the uh, construction side to now the clubhouse side. And so, I mean, I know that clubhouse has, a, has the um, uh, one of the things that I like about it is that it connects people from different parts of the country, in some cases, different parts of the world, different walks of life, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's really cool. But when you're like on a job site versus and building a community there, because like you said, you, everybody's got to work together. Um, I would imagine a lot of those guys are like blue collar guys, you know, like maybe like or guys and gals, obviously. Um, but then you get on Clubhouse and you obviously have like a much maybe maybe not obviously a different type of community. Are there different ways that you've uh, kind of seen that work better to build communi- uh, communities on those in those different areas, or are there basically like, you know, the, the, the foundation of building that community is, is similar. Uh, the foundation is definitely similar. Uh, you, you go to build these communities and to, to build people up. Um, you know, what I do on a construction site and the way I talk to construction workers, like you said, the blue collar, you know, guys and gals that are working in the trenches that are doing, you know, getting dirty, you know, I talk to them a, a certain way versus, a clubhouse community still the same way you're giving them, you know, the, the trials and tribulations. And I talk to them a certain way. I joke, uh, I engage, I make people laugh. Um, and I try to add as much value as I possibly can. And the value doesn't have to be, you know, Oh, go buy my book or go sign up for my course. It's here's this information that I have because I've done it. Now you go utilize that information and don't make the same mistake. Yeah. Know? Right. Just try to uplift as many people. Cause what I want on a construction site, I try to train people, uh, especially like when I have, you know, subordinates or, or, uh, and not even subordinates, but coworkers that are safety professionals that are working alongside me. I try to train them so that way they could take my job. And I say that because if they could do my job, that means I can probably go on a little vacation and I know the site's going to be good. Right. You know, same thing with the podcasting community. If I'm able to give them the tools and tactics and techniques that they can use to become better podcasters, 
well, then they put out a better product. They make more money. They're, you know, are able to be more successful and they don't have to do it with all the failures that we've had. Right. Yeah. Do you, th- do, I mean, at any point, because like when, when I saw you start that one room, so I've been running the lunch hour since January 18th. So I think that was like the first one uh, that I ran and I've been doing them every Monday through Friday since then. So I think we're at like at the time of this recording, I think we did our 72nd today. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is a ton and you've been going for longer with the morning chat. So congrats. Um, so, uh, but uh, when you were, when you put that first room together and I know that you didn't expect the community kind of like pop, like it did, but was there like a moment where you were like, Oh boy, like there's a lot of people coming into this room and maybe, and you could tell me like whatever you want, but uh, like the imposter syndrome is something that everybody kind of goes through. And I had no idea. Like I always say that I wish clubhouse was around. So I could have listened to you guys talk about podcasting before I started the morning spotlight instead of doing what I did. Um, But here we are. And, um, but kind of like being, you know, I mean, you start the, the podcast, I guess like 2019, 2020, Right. So that's like a year, maybe a little more than a year before you actually get like really involved on Clubhouse. Was there ever a moment where you were just like, this is like a lot. And like these people are coming to me for answers and I don't necessarily have all of them. Or do you have all the answers? I mean, I know you have a lot of them. That's why I like I being in your rooms. Yeah, no. we And that that was the biggest thing that, you know, I, I told myself not to be because I, I have suffered from the the imposter syndrome you know why the hell am I doing this they're coming to me and I don't know but I'm gonna you know and I, I pride myself on saying if I don't know the answer I don't know the answer but I do know enough to to give out the information and I've done enough with my own podcast that I can speak on some of the things. And then again, you bounce, you know, the, the community building, you bounce ideas off of each other, you, you know, where I might be weak at on SEO or, you know, actual Facebook ads, Tanner and Roman pick up, well, you know, working inside of a hotel, you know, 99% of the time that I'm on the road, you know, I can do that. I can give you a quality production with the green screen that goes behind a nice camera ring light, all that good stuff, how to set it up. And, you know, that right there is where it was like the aha moment. Okay. I'm no, I'm not an imposter because I know what I'm doing. I've, I've failed and I moved on and I learned. Uh, but now people are coming and asking for guidance for questions, you know, asking questions and, and wanting to get insight. Um, so it's, Give them the truth. Don't feed them any, you know, bull crap. But if you don't know, you don't know. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I like about the that group and that community and all that kind of stuff. Because one of the things that I like, and I think that you would agree, is that there's like, I, I don't, I guess for lack of a better word, like factions of communities of podcasters that exist on that app. You know, so and I feel like a lot of the people that frequent my room, which I basically have whittled down my clubhouse time to like, you know, morning chat when I can, if I'm actually up that early um, and then my room and then maybe afternoon drive or afternoon delight, whatever it's called now, I always forget. Um, and then uh, that's it. You know, and like, I, I mean, I stopped going to all the other ones because I just, you know, like some of the stuff that you were saying, like the salesy, you know, gimmicky kind of 
bullcrap, like you said. I mean, it's just not for me. And that's like one of the things that I appreciate is just the fact that like you guys are just real and you know like this is what we do and this is how we think it could work and and all that kind of stuff so um talk to me more about like the rtp stuff because obviously that's important you know because i that's one of the things that you guys started you roman and um and tanner uh you know at what point did you say like hey we're running so many rooms together why don't we just start our own podcast yeah it was uh it was interesting because i I was in some of the rooms uh that that were misleading people down the wrong path. And, um, and I think that Roman and Tanner had met previously in rooms to where Tanner had challenged Roman and Roman, you know, was like, Oh shit. Okay. You know, uh, (laughs) somebody's really, you know, challenging me, but it, it was, it was for the greater good. And then they, you know, we ended up in the room together and we were talking and we meshed really well. So then we, you know, took a conversation offline. Hey, let's start running some rooms together, see how we do. Um, And then lo and behold, you know, real talk podcasting came about the RTP crew. And by no means did we set that up that the RTP was the initials. I, of see, I, I don't, I do not believe I've heard you guys say that before. And I do not believe that for one second, not at all. Yeah, no, we were actually offline. We were talking about, you know, what we were going to call, you know, the group and the club. And, and I mean, we were grinding for a while to get our club. And then the minute that, you know, we put our, our applications and they give the clubs to everybody. We're like, <laughs> right. <"Damn."> yeah. like <laughs> really? but it, it, it was cool because we did grind all that time. We were doing all the rooms and, and, you know, I was spending, you know, 15 hours a day on clubhouse on top of me being a, a full-time safety professional on a construction site. But it, yeah, it, we, we were like, you know, let's real talk podcast, you know, or we were going to call it the podcast, uh, the podcast corner or something along those lines. And uh, I just came up, I was like, real talk podcasting. Cause again, we're talking, we're real talk and we re- real people about podcasting. So why not call it real talk podcasting? And then we were, I was looking at it when we wrote it down and we were talking about it and I was like, Oh shit. RTP, Roman <laughs> Tanner and Pedro. It was just, uh, it was very serendipitous, but um, cool at the same time. Yeah. And one of the things that I like about the RTP group, um, and I do want to go back to the amount of time that you spend on Clubhouse because I think that that is crazy. But um, uh, one of the things that I like is that, like, if you go to the website, you know, like you see like Raphael and, and other people that I know that I interact with on Clubhouse all the time, you know, contributing to that community, which I think is one of the things that's cool about it is that it brings everybody like it's not just you three sitting up on your pedestals saying like, here's how to podcast peasants. You know, it's like, hey, like we have a lot to learn from a lot of other people. Um, so was that like a conscious decision that you guys made early on to like bring other people that have different areas of expertise in? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. It was, um, you know, when we talked about it, uh, the real talk podcasting was going to be a community that was built by community. Yeah. Uh, you know, bringing the different, you know, people and, and the way we, we brought these trusted individuals in to, you know, collaborate and, and do certain things on the website. Um, but, and even inside the rooms was, 
hearing what they have to say and actually filling them out inside the the clubhouse rooms uh that we were we were hosting and we were a part of uh and then when we we figured that there was a lot of overlap like we would see Raphael a lot uh in some of the rooms more so the late night rooms that we would you know be in um same thing goes for Brandon you know we'd see Brandon and and Brandon's you know IT guy very techie uh which was right up Tanner's alley and you know it was it was great to see these people that you know without clubhouse probably would have never come across but now that we have we trust um you know what they have to say and the guidance that they're able to give to people on certain things so you know that's how we collaborate and and we like it right yeah no i i think it's awesome and and that's what i think it kind of like just rounds you guys out even more the more people that you bring in that have areas of expertise in different things it just rounds out the amount of information that people can get from the community and that's what it's all about um so you said that you spend like 15 hours a day on clubhouse um you know maybe on average i don't know but i remember you ran a room uh one of your morning chat rooms and i was in there and I remember Amanda asked, was asking, like, how many hours per week do you spend on Clubhouse? So I checked my screen time. And I, at the time, it was like, I think it was like 12. And I was like, wow, I spent 12 hours a week, like, on Clubhouse. And I was like, that's a lot. And then you were like, I spend 45 hours a week on Clubhouse. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. insane. Um, but is that just like, I mean, are you just in podcasting rooms? Are you in other rooms? How do you find that many hours in a day, in a week, in a whatever, to, you know, uh, to get on there and either listen or contribute the way that you do. Oh, uh, and that was early on. That was, you know, January, February. Yeah. We right. Grinding. Um, you know, I think we, I, me personally ended up doing like, uh, 55, 56 hours in a week. So, you know, damn near a full-time job. Yeah. But it's just because we were grinding and I was trying to contribute to all these different rooms running, you know, the rooms that I wanted to run, Tanner was running his Roman was running his. So, um, I definitely have drawn that back. Yeah, um, good, no, good. it wasn't, it wasn't all podcasting that, you know, I, I'm real big on the, on the mental health aspect of, of, uh, of things being in the construction field, you, you have a lot of that. Uh, so I like going into some of the, the, the mental health awareness rooms. Um, I like going into some of the voiceover rooms that, that are on clubhouse that teach you how to do voiceover and voice acting. And, uh, you know, they give you certain scripts and you go in there and, you know, try to do different reads. Uh, cause I would like to dabble into some, some voiceover work, yeah. you know, here in the near future. You got um, a good voice for it. I think. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, the, one of the things, uh, and I'm so glad you said it. And again, this is, we like, you could tell that you're a pro because like you're, you're answering the questions the way that I want you to answer the questions. And we're weaving this together like perfectly because I did want to, cause I didn't really know up until listening to a podcast that you were on recently that you were involved or at least, you know, interested in, and a proponent of like the mental health side. And we talk a lot, maybe not a lot, but we talk quite a bit about mental health here on this show. We've had guests that have gone through like different traumas and, you know, their struggles with mental health. And uh, like, I mean, from 
basically when we started the show back in July, all the way till now, we've had guests that talk about that kind of stuff. So um, talk to me more. I mean, I know it's part, it's important to the construction industry side of it, and I'm sure it's important to you as somebody that was, like we mentioned at the earlier part of this episode, like being on the road away from your family, traveling all the time in a hotel room all the time. I mean, talk to me more about like why, why that's such an important issue for you and other ways you kind of have gotten involved to, you know, support, uh, maybe, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, efforts around mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Awareness and effort. awareness. Yeah. That's a better yeah. word. See? Um, no, uh, it, it, I've been in the construction field and even, even before that, you know, mental health was not something that was really, especially in the military, uh, talked about, you know, again, you're in the military you yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am hand salute gone about your day here are your orders you execute them and that's it you can't say yeah uh you can't say no you have to say yes you gotta you know complete the mission um getting out into civilian life and being uh, a, a laborer before i got into safety uh going into confined space putting my body through very rigorous and and uh hurtful um, labors, um, really took a toll on me mentally. And that's where I started to kind of dive into it. Being a safety professional transitioning into a safety profession. Um, you start to see it more from your workers, from your coworkers and, you know, sometimes even your superiors that, you know, there's some mental health issues that are really going on that need to be talked about. Um, you know, and there was lots of, uh, suicide that happens out of construction workers just because again it's a very hard life it's uh living in lots of hotel rooms eating you know junk food going out you know sometimes you you don't think about family because you're with the guys and you're worried about the construction site and you know where's the next bar or the next club that we're going to go to it just it it, it takes a toll on you and and it's sad that you know individuals have to lose their life and nobody talks about it on a construction site because again it's the, it's the machismo bravado of you know hey we're men we have and women we have to get this job done you know we're very tough but i've gotten into the mental health awareness and and understanding that you have to be your cup has to be full before you can actually give to anybody you know so i have to take care of myself First, I've dealt with my own, you know, mental health issues and, and uh, having a heart attack. That right there threw me for a loop yeah. at such, you know, such a young age. You know, I had a heart attack last year in, in June. Um, and, you know, what saved me, I think, was the wife and the kids. We were kayaking and their safety was what's what was pushing me to get them to safety. And then once I did, then I was able to, okay, finally say, heart attack you can come now <laughs> <laughs> right yeah if you could attack me now heart it's fine exactly yeah you know, before that i had to get to get them you know i had my youngest we had dogs and you know my wife ended up flipping over and kayak hit her in the head and you know i had to drag her and her kayak my oldest was trying to be helpful and you know we had it was just a crazy time but you know it was i was a smoker um you know and i I quit smoking because of the heart attack. Yep. But, uh, you know, just that alone, just having a heart attack, 
um, not knowing if I was going to make it or not, not knowing if I was going to see my kids after getting out of the hospital, was I going to, you know, die on the operating table or not, um, really scared the crap out of me. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of mental health. Um, and, and, and from a servant leadership perspective, because in order for me to be a good leader, for me to serve everybody the way I need to at a hundred percent, I myself have to be at a hundred percent. Right. And, and so you, you mentioned the, uh, you know, like I know earlier we mentioned like making sure that you are getting home when you can obviously quitting smoking, um, from a mental health perspective, are there things that you're doing to make sure that you do fill the cup up? Like I like to think of it, like you got to put your own oxygen mask on before assisting others. If they tell you that all the time on the plane, um, you know, so like, are there certain things that you make sure that you need to do like maybe every day just to make sure that you're like, you're focused, your mind's right cups full, like you said, um, are there certain things that you do, uh, to make sure that you have that going on for you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I make sure that at the end of each day, uh, I'm talking to my wife and, and the kids telling them I love them. Uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning, um, I, I thank God that he's woken me up for yet another day. Uh, and I, I meditate a little bit, uh, in the morning time, get my mind right and focused, um, you know, ask myself, what did I do yesterday that I can do better or be better at today? Um, you know, and that kind of sets me on the, on the path of completing possibly, you know, one of those steps that I, I maybe have missed the day prior. Um, and then just really, you know, my, my affirmations, you know, I am loved. Uh, I, I am strong, uh, and I can't do this alone. So those things there kind of get me in the right mindset for my cup to be full. Yeah. And it's not always full. I mean, there's times where it's, you know, you running on fumes, uh, but you you take time away from podcasting and you take time away from, you know, TV, from work, go chill with the family, go have some fun, re-energize. So that way you can bounce back and come back. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever, so, I mean, you could answer this question uh, however you want, but like when I, when I look at you and you're somebody that, you know, like, we're talking about mental health stuff right now and you're like a safety professional, you're on construction sites, you're obviously, you know, responsible for the safety of the people on that construction site, or at least, you know, like, you know, they're make sure that they're doing what they need to do to be safe. Um, You're a dad, you're, you know, um, uh, part of like now this podcasting community that you've built, which is just like a, you know, a runaway freight train, basically. Um, is, does that ever get to a point where it's like a lot of responsibility falling on your shoulders? Or is that something that because you're, you know, trying to make sure that your mind's right first thing in the morning and over the course of the day that you're able to kind of like compartmentalize that stuff and make sure that you, you know, you got to put number one first. It's, it is what it is. Um, is that something that you make sure that you're, that you're doing? Yeah, it, it, it does get overwhelming having so many different hats and having so, so much on your plate. Uh, sometimes your plate runneth over and you don't have enough hands to handle everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, prioritizing, I like how you said that not so much, uh, you know, you have to prioritize. And I say prioritize because, uh, once you have your priorities set, you know, sometimes they shift, they go up and down depending on, on the importance of what that priority needs to happen, you know, in what order it needs to happen. So I definitely, um, take pride in making sure that the priorities 
uh, are set family first. Um, you know, after myself, cause I can't serve my family if I'm not at a hundred percent. So myself, family, uh, then I worry about the job. Uh, and then throughout that, uh, the community over on, on clubhouse and in, in the podcast of, uh, you know, the business side of things and, and just making sure everything, um, comes together. There's some things that, you know, that I can't do, which then, you know, luckily there's three of us and, you know, Roman can do or Tanner can do, uh, same thing with the, with the rooms that we run throughout the day. Uh, you know, we, you have different moderators. If I can't be there, you know, somebody can start the room and I'll come in later and, you know, it, it just, it, it works out really well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I wanted, I love talking to people that I respect and you're one of those people, especially, um, about their goals. Um, so like, like we just said, you wear a lot of hats. So, you know, you're doing the construction stuff, um, the safety stuff, you have your own podcast, you have the RTP stuff. Um, you have a family, like maybe we could take those like one by one, maybe like the construction, uh, the podcasting side, it could be RTP. I don't care what it is. And then family stuff, like goals for each one of those three, maybe just even looking out over like the next year, what are some things that you hope to accomplish? Yeah. Uh, for the safety, uh, portion, uh, my career, I want to go back to school, actually get my degree in, you know, safety, occupational safety and health. Uh, so that's, uh, an aspiration of mine, uh, coming soon, hopefully, uh, maybe the beginning of next year, <laughs> uh, yeah. a little procrastination there, but again, it, it all depends. It has to align with, you know, with the job that I'm on family time and not take away from, you know, some of the, the business aspects that, that, that I have and, and that we have coming up, um, goals for the RTP or real talk podcast and just continue to grow it. You know, uh, that that's one of the biggest things, uh, that, we want to see, we want to host an event, uh, kind of like a, a pod fest, uh, a pod max type deal, uh, an actual in-person event that we want, you know, would like to get together and, and have the community again, meet post pandemic, you know, hopefully everything starts to open back up again yep. and we can do something along those lines. And as far as family, um, you know, being able to, go on a cruise and have some good away time with the family, have some fun. Uh, cause again, you know, last year was crazy this year, still a little crazy coming into 2021. Um, you know, but yeah, just definitely spending more time with the family, getting, getting some, some good quality time, uh, away from work. Right. Yeah. I think those are all great. All right. One of the things that I wanted to ask about the travel side and uh, forgive me because sometimes I do get a little all over the place, but when you are traveling and you've been to different parts of the country all over the place is, has there, is there a spot in the country? It could be, you know, you would rather go on vacation there than maybe go to a job site there, but is, are there places in the country that are like your favorite? Like, do you have like a spot you're like, Oh yeah, I get to go to, Morristown, New Jersey and go see my cam? Or is there like, you know, other spots that you're just like, Hey, that's the spot. Like I, you know, if I can get a job there, like that's where I want to go. Oh yeah. If I can go, you know, West coast, um, and, uh, Las Vegas, Arizona, um, th those areas over on the West coast would be, would be great. I don't want to go to California by no means. Do I want to go to California? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Colorado would be nice. Uh, again, I love being in the mountains. Um, Virginia, believe it or not, I lived here. We thought it was great to, to be in the mountains, in the countryside. Um, Jersey, I love New, New Jersey, the tri-state area. I was stationed in Connecticut, so I don't know all about New Jersey and New, you know, New York. Um, I'm in D.C., lots of cool stuff here. Florida, because it's always warm and sunny down yeah. in Florida. So uh, just, I mean, it, it, it all depends. I, I don't mind going anywhere uh, as long as there's some type of civilization that's around me. <laughs> right. I, what I mean by civilization, as long as I can get to maybe a McDonald's, uh, you know, a, a good place to eat, if they have a Walmart, so that way I can get groceries while I'm here. Um you know, then it's great. Yeah. Uh, can't be a dry county either because I do like to drink from time to time. Right. So definitely like to, to have an adult beverage um, every now and then. Sure. Yeah. No, no, I, I respect that. So, well, if you're ever in New Jersey, I'm sure Roman would probably be your first phone call, but second phone call, you can call me and we'll hang. Maybe we'll get that. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that adult beverage for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. So we've been talking for, I don't know, 50, 45, somewhere in there, minutes um, over the course of this episode. Uh, so the spotlighters, which is what I call the spotlight audience, have listened to Mike Ham and Pedro talk for, for that long. Uh, so we're going to move this into our closing segment, which we call Under the Spotlight. So they've listened to us talk. What is one thing that you want the spotlighters to walk away from this episode with? So you're under the spotlight. What do you got for us? Wow, under the spotlight. Um, Gets hot under there. No, oh, it does. Yeah. Um, Make sure that you are filling your cup up first. Uh, you know, one of the big things in any endeavor that you have, uh, you want to make sure that you, as the primary, uh, fill your cup up. You know, and that could be in different ways. Uh, worry about your mental health because it does matter. Um, have a little emotional EQ when you're out there doing your day to day. Understand that people have lives and we're all human. Uh, but uh, you can't function, you can't do and be at a hundred percent if your cup's not full. So that's what I would give your spotlighters. Absolutely. I love it. I think that's great advice. Um, so if they need more Pedro, where can they get more Pedro? Uh, yeah, they can find me all over the place. Uh, Pedro Maciel. Um, you can find me at the X factor of safety. You can find me, uh, real talk podcasting.com. Um, I'm all over the place, all social medias, Facebook, YouTube, yeah, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all of those places. Um, find me on clubhouse. If you're on clubhouse, that's a great place. Uh, and yeah, no, anywhere LinkedIn. Uh, I have a lot, a lot of following over on LinkedIn, uh, on the construction side. So, uh, if you, if you're in need of anybody in the construction space, a safety professional or a trade, by all means, please hit me up. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that I put those links and all that in the show notes for everybody listening. I'll make sure that I put my email address, which is the morning spotlight at gmail.com and the website, the morning spotlight.com in there as always, Pedro, this was probably long overdue. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for the invite. And hopefully your, your audience gets a little bit of value out of this one. Oh, I know that they will. I did. So I know that they will because, you know, we're like the same person. Um, so and Spotlighters, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.
Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the Morning Spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.